from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy. Last month, more than 100 protesters gathered outside San Quentin State Prison to show their support for a nationwide prison strike. They may mistreat us, but they'll never defeat us. One of the strike's big demands was an end to what some people call prison slavery, or inmates working for little to no money. But inside San Quentin, there's a small group of inmates who actually make a pretty decent wage, doing the same thing thousands of people in the Bay Area do. They code. Essentially, it's a company inside of San Quentin um, that's fully staffed by inmate developers. That's right, inmate developers. That's Tulio Cardozo, and he oversees that prison coding company called The Last Mile Works. We're actively working on building client websites, client projects, client apps. Among those clients, big companies like Airbnb. KQED's cartoonist Mark Fiore did a long-form cartoon all about the last mile and coding inside San Quentin. And his guide was Tulio Cardozo. So Tulio is the first guy that I talked to. He ended up getting sent to San Quentin after getting basically blown up in a drug lab explosion. He got one of those low-paying jobs, and he was essentially, you know, in an office role in the prison. And they had Excel, you know, Microsoft Word, and, you know, just like basic office software on super slow ancient computers. And so he started to take those to the limit and then started coding himself. So he was telling me about how he'd, you know, write to his mom and ask his mom to send in coding books. So he he did it very much the old-fashioned longhand way, and the only time he had access to a computer was when he was at his prison job. He put the nose to the grindstone and then studied, 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 and uh, kept doing more and more programming. And then when he got out, he wanted to keep doing it and, and give a little back. So Tulio plugs into The Last Mile. What is The Last Mile? What, what's its origin story? So The Last Mile was founded by a venture capitalist named Chris Redlitz and his wife and business partner, Beverly Parenti. And they founded it in 2010. They visited San Quentin to, you know, give a talk, I think is what he was doing, and was super inspired and wanted to help. And he used his connections in Silicon Valley and, you know, the the smarts that he already carried to found this program. It's basically a prison startup. And so they've, they've been doing it. Uh, since 2010 and have been just building it in San Quentin and are now starting to spread it around to other prisons around California and in the United States. What actually is this program? Tell us a little bit more about the program and how that works. So the program, it's divided up into a few different areas. There's the main training arm of it is uh, the last mile, and that's teaching people to code or making a website or learning you know, entrepreneurial skills. They have a, a wide range of programs, and it's super competitive to get in within San Quentin. Before you get to that step of trying to get into the program, they have essentially clubs that, that meet in the gym to teach these guys basic programming even before they're in the program. You know, there might be some guy pumping iron or, or shooting baskets over there, but then there's this other handful of people that are Learning studying, JavaScript. Exactly, learning JavaScript. And then if you get in and you do really well, then it's again very competitive to get essentially a job with The Last Mile Works, which is their arm that's actually doing 
programming and development jobs for companies on the outside. And you get a big bump in wages. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I saw that they make like sixteen forty nine an hour. Like, I mean, that's more than I made when I started at KQED. <laughs> like, how, how does that work? Like, I mean, so you said that's like the best paying job you can find in a prison? Yes, they say it's the highest paying job in any prison in the United States. But it's still, you know, when you compare that to what programmers are making on the outside, it's not very much. Right. These, are, these guys aren't getting six figures like the folks at Google. No. And of that 1649, they actually only get 20% that they can access right now, you know, at the prison canteen. Other parts are divided up into um, victim restitution, child support. California is one of the states where if you have a job, you have to pay for your room and board. So 20% of that wage goes to paying for the privilege of living in San of Quentin. Of living in prison. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, you know, it's not the full 1649. And you went to San Quentin too and got to kind of see this in action a little bit, right? What is it like, you know, what is their office space like? The, you know, I was very surprised because in my head before going in, I pictured a pretty dismal prison environment with a couple computers hooked up to the wall, which it probably was at one time. But in their new classroom facility, honestly, it felt like you were in a classroom in like, you know, south of Market. Co-working space you yeah, find exactly. in San Francisco. It, yep. It had the feel of, of a nice tech hipster co-working place, except, you know, all the guys that are working there happen to be wearing the, you know, CDCR uniform and, you know, are in blue. So tell me a little bit more about the guys who are, who are in this program who are doing this coding. What were they like? Tell me some of their stories. They're not necessarily computer nerds to start. You know, some of them might be, and they might be drawn to that for that reason. But it sounds like some of these guys have never touched a computer at all. And then one of the guys who stands out in my mind is a guy named John, who is a, you know, bang-up programmer, apparently. And he said that, one of the best things about doing this work is that when he's in the, the classroom or in the, you know, in front of the computer working on a programming job, he forgets he's in prison. And he didn't say it, but you could tell that that's something you can't really put a price on. I mean, that's got to be something that you really look forward to when you go in there and you're, you're just immersed in that world rather than, you know, the world of being in San Quentin. I don't think of folks in prison necessarily having a whole ton of computer or open internet access. How do you code in prison. That was one of my big questions, too, was, well, how do you do it? Because whenever I've talked to someone who's a coder and you ask him a question, one of the first things they do, they go to Google or something and they say, oh, let me let me look that up. These guys can't do that. You know, you're not allowed cell phones. You're not allowed a computer. They have computers in the classroom where they teach this. So if they do need to access the Internet, they go through an instructor. So a lot of these guys are back in their cell or, you know, around the prison doing it longhand in a notebook, you know, writing it out, you know, as opposed to dinking around on the computer all the time. Did you get a sense of what what being in this program or working for like the last mile, like what that means to these guys? I think probably the, the biggest thing that means from the guys that I talk to anyway is hope for when they get out. Like, it's like, there's the guy who was my neighbor. Yeah. And like, he, he's doing it. He's uh -huh. back. And he just got out like a year ago. Uh -huh. Not even. And now he's back successful. It's like, <laughs> it's changing the perception about what is possible. It's changing the stigma that prisoners have about being prisoners mm -hmm. and about what the possibilities of the future are. Um, and I know, yeah, I know one of the things that the program is really proud of is this 0% recidivism rate. Basically, you know, none of these guys who have been in the program and been released, none of them have gone back to prison as inmates. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the idea. 
I mean, I don't want to sound like too much of an evangelist for it here, but it does seem to really work in that way where it gives you something when you're inside and it gives you something to look forward to for the outside. And it gives you the skills that, you know, I mean, I didn't tell them, but I, you know, I probably should have talked to these guys and said, you know, you got, you're way more employable than a cartoonist. <laughs> yeah. We all need to be learning coding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's helpful. It's helpful. Mark, thanks so much for talking about this. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. You can find Mark's full cartoon about the last mile on our website, kqed.org slash queued up. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week. The kids are back in school, which means it's time for you to start listening to the Mind Shift podcast again. It's all about the future of education. The third season just started with an episode about home visits, where teachers leave the classroom and go visit their students and their families in their homes. There's two full seasons of back catalog for you to go listen to. Check those out. Get caught up on the new season. It's the Mind Shift podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.